For our podcast today, we will define anxiety as a sense of misgiving or uneasiness about what may happen to us or to someone else or to something that we care about. It's often connected with a sense of dread, dismay, and alarm. Anxiety is concern that has become a source of emotional torment. One way to know when the line between legitimate care and sinful anxiety has been crossed is by paying attention to our natural, often physical, responses to distress. For example, some people have a hard time sleeping when they're anxious. Some people bite their fingernails. Some experience stomach cramps. They eat too much, or they forget to eat at all. It's important for us to identify our own tendencies so that we can use these signals as warnings that we're succumbing to sinful worry. Some of these physical tendencies are listed in the worry quotient, which I mentioned in podcast number one. But you may experience other kinds of signals besides the ones I mentioned. If our mind is alert, watchful for the signs, we can kill the seed of worry before it grows into serious anxiety. Another way of discerning when the line has been crossed is by identifying sources of anxiety. All anxiety can be broken down into two large categories. The first category is anxiety that is caused by primary sources, deeply rooted sin issues in our lives. We'll consider seven different primary sources of worry as we go along here. The second category is anxiety that is caused by secondary sources, circumstances and people that we encounter on a daily basis. We'll consider this category first. There are innumerable innumerable secondary sources of worry in this world. But we'll look at just a few that are mentioned in Scripture. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, Jesus pointed out that we worry about our life. This includes anxiety about our health and our physical provisions, food, clothing, and such. And then in Matthew 6 verse 31, Jesus changed the pronoun to we. And in so doing, identified another source of worry. And the other source of worry is other people. We worry about our family and our friends and their well-being. We worry about, as Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32 talks about those who worry because they're just like the Gentiles. The Gentile is a code word for unbelievers, for non-Christians. He says the Gentiles eagerly seek 
all these things. He's talking about many of the things that people often worry about. Unbelievers worry about these things. How often do we allow the prophets of doom to get us to be overly sinfully concerned? We watch television or we read in the newspaper and something we read or something we hear or watch on television stimulates us to be sinfully concerned. We worry about the future, as Jesus indicated in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, when he cautioned us not to worry about tomorrow. Jesus addressed the fact, now he's talking about sinful anxiety, he's not talking about legitimate concern about tomorrow, he's not talking about legitimate concern about the daily food that we need, he's talking about over-concern, a concern which becomes distress and it really drives us into despair. It says the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. We allow our newspapers or television to get us worrying about the things that unbelievers are worrying about. We worry about the future. And Jesus cautioned us in Matthew 6 and verse 34 not to worry about tomorrow. Jesus, he's not talking about legitimate concern about tomorrow. He's talking about where it goes over the line and becomes distress. It's not good stress that causes the work hard and to be careful. He's talking about that which is way overbound. In Matthew, the 10th chapter and verse 19, Jesus said, when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you're to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. We worry what we will say and how we will fail in a time of testing. We are concerned about appearing dumb and being unable to defend ourselves. And so we become overly concerned about that. Later in that Matthew chapter 10 passage, Jesus says, Do not fear those who will kill the body. He says, Don't worry about exceptionally defending yourself. They're not able to kill the soul. They can do damage to the body, but not to the soul. He's saying that we shouldn't be overly concerned about those things. He went on to say that the father cares for the sparrows or worth more than we're, we're far less than we are. And so we should not be concerned about some of those things. If God takes care of the sparrows, he will take care of us as well if we are faithful in fulfilling our responsibilities. In the context of this passage in Matthew chapter 10, we can also 
infer that some of the secondary causes of worry are being falsely accused of being overpowered, of being taken advantage of, and being rejected and mistreated. We get so concerned about those things over which we have no control. Jesus pointed out that our tendency to worry about not being able to fulfill our responsibilities. We're not just legitimately concerned, we become overly concerned about those things. In Luke 10 and verse 41, Jesus said to Martha, who was worrying, you are worried and bothered about many things. And in the context of this passage, Jesus was also pointing out several related worries. The worry of being a failure, not being able to meet goals, the indifference of others to things we feel are important. Others are not concerned about them, and we are, and so we worry about that. And then the irresponsibility of other people, we worry about that. The things that or jealous, that's the way others are. They're jealous of others, and so they worry. And we should not be jealous of others and their circumstances, but should realize that God, if we're faithful, will provide for us exactly what we need at the time when we need it. Jesus addressed the disciples' anxiety about the future about their insecurity and their relationship to him, and about what Christ thought about them. You find them worrying about these things in John chapter 13 and John chapter 14. We all may struggle with similar worries. Well, there are many other sources of secondary worry mentioned in the Bible. But these are that I mentioned are a sample of ones that I believe we can all easily identify with. It's essential for us to be able to identify these secondary sources of anxiety so that we can stop, ask for forgiveness when we're becoming overly concerned about these things, when the eustress has turned into distress, and then we need to do what we can to remove the sources of worry. Well, there are other things that are primary causes of worry, not secondary sources of worry, but primary causes of worry. These are the things that are often deeply rooted in our lives and that underlie the secondary sources that we've just mentioned. In Matthew chapter 6, Verses 19 through 23, Jesus implied in his teaching that the primary cause of anxiety, that is, sinful anxiety, eustress, not distress rather, not eustress, the primary source, according to Jesus, is an incorrect value system. In verses 19 and 20, he said, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. 
Well, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, when our minds are focused on temporal things, we can easily become anxious about the things that can affect and destroy us. For example, if we don't care so much about our car, we would not worry about it getting dented. If we were not so attached to our present lifestyle, we wouldn't worry about the state of our economy. We're so concerned about these things, we become overly concerned about some of these material things. And consequently, we experience anxiety. And so misplaced values. Jesus said, don't fret, don't become sinfully anxious about these things. If you're faithful, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, if you live the way God wants you to live, fulfill your responsibility before God, walk in faith in Christ, live the way God wants you to live, fulfill the responsibilities that God has given to you, then he will take care of you. And so we worry because of misplaced values. And frequently there, our anxiety is the result of trying to serve two masters. We're trying to serve God on the one hand. On the other hand, we're trying to serve ourselves and trying to serve some of these values that people around us have. If these things become too important to us, we determine our own value, our own worth. Our own happiness is based upon accumulating a lot of these things. So it's a primary source where we're not focused on seeking first the kingdom of God, doing what God wants us to do, and then just leaving the other things to take care of themselves as we faithfully fulfill our responsibilities. Another primary source of anxiety that Jesus identified in this same passage is focusing on earthly treasure rather than heavenly treasure. Jesus said, we try to serve two masters. In verse 24, he said, you cannot, you cannot serve God and wealth. Jesus made it clear with these words, and it's not that we should not serve two masters, but that we cannot serve two masters. It's impossible to serve two masters because they both demand complete control of our lives. Either God is truly Lord of our lives or man is the Lord of our lives because God's values and man's values or in direct contrast to each other, no one can. He doesn't have the ability to serve both at once. This is perhaps the most primary source of anxiety for believers. We're not truly committed to Christ. We attempt to hang on to as much of this world as we can while trying to serve God at the same time. We don't really believe that our joy will be complete. 
by serving God. And all the things that we need will be given to us in Christ alone. And so we find ourselves torn in half, torn in two, trying to keep one foot in the world and the other in the kingdom of God. And as a result, our priorities get confused and out of order. When we experience anxiety, we need to stop and ask ourselves the question, am I truly, practically, daily submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Is that my main concern? Well, the third primary source of anxiety is distorted thinking. It's impaired in many of the things that Jesus said throughout Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. You may want to stop the uh, podcast at this point and read it, and then come back to the podcast. But in that passage, he said, Do not be worried about what you will eat. Is not life more than food? That's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. In other words, he was telling us to stop thinking illogically. We all know that life is more important than food or clothes, but sometimes we forget what we know or our thinking gets turned around. Look at the birds of the air, he said. They don't sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? That's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Of course we're more important to God than birds, but we don't always think logically about these things. We see that God provides for his creatures, but we fail to make the connection that God will indeed provide for us as well as we work diligently fulfill our responsibilities, we can trust God to provide for us and take care of us. This is sometimes called filtering. We filter our thinking. Objectively speaking, every circumstance of life has positive and negative aspects. Those who worry filter out the positive aspects and focus primarily on the negative aspects of life. They often magnify the negative aspects of life as well. When we filter out what God promises and commands, we end up looking only at the false, failed promises of the distorted thinking, which is tied to incorrect values that we talked about just a a little while ago. All of these things, incorrect values, filtered thinking, distorted thinking, they lead to anxiety. And then another primary source of anxiety is what I'm going to call selfism. Selfism is preoccupation with self. Jesus identified the primary source of anxiety in Matthew 6 when he talked about people whose only concern was their own needs. 
what they would eat, what they would drink, what they would wear. Selfism has many manifestations. Among them are pride, perfectionism, and trying to do too much. We become preoccupied with and focused on ourselves because we think too highly of ourselves and we think too highly of our own accomplishments. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7, Jesus identified pride as a source of worry. He said, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Clothe yourself with humility. Therefore, humble yourselves, he said, under the mighty hand of God, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Peter pointed out the link between pride and anxiety. He informs us that if we're humble, we will save ourselves from much anxiety. Why is this? It's because proud people want to control every situation and they experience anxiety when they can't control something. Proud people think that whatever is not in their control is doomed to failure. They think so highly of themselves, they've got to be in control. Therefore, the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Peter was commanding us to renounce our pride and submit to God. He was also reminding us that we are submitting to the mighty God. He uses that term. The only one who can really control any situation. The only one who can make anything come out right, ultimately. And the only one who can effectively change a sinful heart. Well, we need to be reminded of this. As a parent, I sometimes found myself becoming anxious for my children. I wanted them to turn out in a certain way. And I felt responsible for making that happen. Of course, they didn't always cooperate with me. And that sometimes caused me to worry. I was worried because of my pride. Because I was trying to do God's work. Yes, as their father, I was responsible to teach them, to pray for them, to love them, and to provide for them. But as Paul said, though I could plant and water, only God could make them grow. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. To assume that I could do anything more was pride. And when pride took hold, it caused anxiety. Perfectionism, which is another manifestation of selfism, is also a source of anxiety. Who of us is ever perfect? When we focus on doing everything perfectly, we inevitably experience anxiety because we're aiming for something that is out of our reach. 
Perfectionism causes us to be inflexible. And anxiety comes when someone or something does not conform to our expectations. The greatest danger of perfectionism, however, is that it is really a denial of our need for redemption in Jesus Christ because a perfect person doesn't need salvation. None of us, of course, is perfect. So we all need forgiveness and redemption because we're all sinners. We're less than perfect. We need redemption in Christ. And so one of the evidences of selfism is this perfectionism. But then a third manifestation of selfism is trying to do too much. And this likewise leads to anxiety. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 41, Jesus upbraided Martha when he said she was worried and bothered about many things. In other words, her plate was too full. As I think back over my life, my parents were two of the hardest working people that I've ever known. My father was a farmer. My mother was a farmer's wife who canned and cooked and took care of the garden. They were two of the hardest working people that I know. They worked day and night, day after day. And from watching them and listening to them, I learned that one of the most important things of life was to be busy. They were always busy. When I wanted to please my parents, I got busy. What I learned as a child, I carried into adulthood. As a pastor, I got busy. I wanted the church members to think that I was a hardworking pastor. And so I filled my schedule with responsibilities. The problem was how well it worked or didn't work. Those church members thought that I was so busy that they'd better not bother me. And so I became somewhat unapproachable, unable to meet their needs because I was so concerned with doing so many things. Busy, busy, busy. Again, this is a result of selfism. And it causes anxiety because a person who's trying to do too many things becomes like Martha, worried about getting them all done. 